Welcome to Spielin' and Dealin', the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, and today we are breaking down the GHSA Girls Basketball State Playoffs. It is a Sweet 16 round. Selections in the Bracketology Podcast, 112 out of 128 picked games correctly. That is 87.5%. Would have liked to be in the 90 percentile, but still nonetheless, not too bad. Got some right, got a few wrong, uh, but don't think I overly missed on too many ones other than in 5A, where I uh, lost the Final Four team. But we'll touch on that momentarily. Before we jump into it again, I want to talk about the Sadie Spiel Spring Showcase March 19th at Chesty High School here in Gainesville, Georgia. Still some spots available. Girl spots moving quickly, though. I think we're down to 30 left. I want to cap it at 80 girls. We're at about 50 right now. Last year was a great success. A lot of college coaches in the building and a ton of girls that attended have already committed and or signed to play at the next level. So looking forward to repeating that. That will start at 10 a.m. March 19th. Of course, sandyspiel.com for more information and at KyleSandy355 on Twitter. So let's get into things. We'll start with Class 7A, of course, of course. A perfect bracket. Congratulations. 16 for 16. I got every pick right. Uh, A couple of these games were very, very close, but I was fortunate to pull it out. Um, But it's not about me. It's about the girls on the court. And we will start at that top left-hand side. We now see Lambert against Norcross. Lambert, a 52-38 winner over North Cobb. Norcross cruised against Collins Hill, 65-41. I like Norcross to win this game against Lambert. Uh, I just, you know, it's going to be really tough for Lambert to match up athletically with Norcross, and especially if Norcross has that front court front court healthy. Um, they do have size. They do have some good athletes. And I think Janiah Aikens is just going to be uh, too much of a different animal for Lambert to slow down. Um, Briley Elder and company are really going to have to knock down some outside shots for Lambert, and they're going to have to protect the ball and try and turn over Norcross. But I think the House of Blue is just going to be too much. Next up, Archer plays Lowndes. Archer, a great 45-36 win over a really tough Hillgrove team. And now they travel down to Lowndes County, a 58-29 winner over Westlake. I am uh, going to obviously stick with my original pick of Archer, but of course Lowndes is very dangerous. That is a very long trip um, from Archer in Gwinnett County. Lowndes has size inside. Otefo Essenblau is going to be a factor here so when you compare center to center Lowndes does have the height advantage um it's just going to come down to does Lowndes have the guard play does Lowndes have the guard play uh to compete with Courtney Nesbitt Taj Hunter Tania McGowan on the wing Ashanti Bryant Archer has so many weapons Mimi Whitehead uh, is a great defender and a huge hustle player can Lowndes handle that unique style of defense that the Tigers run where they pretty much deny everything, just really make it very strange. Um, It's going to be tough, but obviously I think Lowndes has a a very good chance at this one, but I'm going to stick with Archer. Next up, bottom left-hand side, Cherokee Lady Warriors, 90-67 over West Forsyth. Tony Warren blistering 41 points. She can do that, folks. She is one of the very best scorers in the state of Georgia. I think that might have been a school record. 
Um, if not, it was sure darn close to it. Uh, they will be playing Buford 83-28 over Duluth. Um, this one's going to come down to, as it always does against Buford, um, for the other opponent, uh, can you protect the ball? Can you handle Buford's pressure? They want to take away one side of the court. When they trap, they want to make you throw those cross-court passes, and that's where their girls are really good at picking off passes and turning um, turnovers into easy layups. Uh, Alex Whitecliff, Hannah Harris, those type girls are going to have to be very strong with the ball against this press for Cherokee. Um, obviously, Riley Simmons has to be a, a difference maker. Buford does not have a lot of size inside. Uh, so if Riley Simmons is able to get on the glass, maybe post up a few times, that could be an area of strength for the Warriors. And I think uh, Tony Warren could potentially match Ava Grace Watson shot for shot uh, if she's locked in on the perimeter. I don't think Buford really has anyone that can guard her. But the problem is I don't know if Cherokee has enough to slow down Ava Grace and uh, Taylor Romano on the perimeter with her outside shot and Lydia Ledford, of course, like I said, the, really the, been the, the three-headed monster all year long. I think Cherokee has a chance in this one. Buford hasn't been uh, – you know, just absolutely steamrolling everybody. I know they crushed Duluth, but uh, uh, I think this could be a pretty good game. But Buford at home, Gene Durden in February, obviously tough to beat, but Matt Cates has done a, you know, a sterling job every single year at Cherokee. I think they have a really good chance of this one, but my initial pick was Buford, and I will stick with them. But this one could get interesting. Bottom left-hand side, North Paulding, 47-46, Jada Jackson, I believe it was, fouled on a half-court heave, essentially at the buzzer in a tie game. Went one of three from the foul line, and North Paulding survives Grayson. And now they see Pebblebrook, a 20-point winner over Richmond Hill. But it looks like Kanaya Seymour, um, I haven't seen her on any stats lately. I thought she was back, but she might not be with the program anymore if she was hurt or whatever. I don't see her on any photos or anything right now. So you take away... One of your key starting guards for Pebblebrook. Now you're literally only playing uh, really like five girls on this team. Um, Pebblebrook was my initial pick. I think it gets a lot tighter now knowing that Pebblebrook is is down a guard. Um, and North Paulding has that big size inside. And, of course, Marina Cipolla, uh led the team in scoring against Grayson. Uh, again, you know, what she provides off the bench is just – a girl that can do pretty much everything on the floor might not be um, an elite skill set at each uh, you know position on the floor as far as attribute, but she's so well rounded across the board. She's good at everything: a good defender, a good shooter, a good driver, a smart passer. She really helps out this North Paulding team. And then that size inside with Alex Wills, Ava Andrews on the perimeter and on the inside, Caden McCorvey scoring down low. Um, Pebblebrook is my uh, first pick, and I, I guess I'll stay with Pebblebrook just because, you know, I got every game right in this first round. Um, but knowing that it sounds like Seymour's not there anymore, I would kind of lean towards North Paulding more. Um, but I guess I'll stick with Pebblebrook. They are at home. They do have good guard play. I just worry about depth. If they get one girl in foul trouble, especially one of their big girls, when they have to contend with all these North Paulding uh, post presences that could get tough for them but I guess I will um, unconvincingly uh, stick with Pebblebrook but I do think Pebblebrook is a good team 
Neil Morgan and company. So I'll, I'll stick with the Falcons. Top right-hand side, Campbell took care of Colquitt County, 67-35. Now they see McKee churn, 61-25 over South Gwinnett. I'm going to go with Campbell. I know McEachern plays really, really good defense, but Campbell, again, so I picked in the opening podcast of Bracketology. Brooke Suttles back healthy. Sanaya Binion has been really, really good in her first year as a Spartan. And, uh, you know, they, they, they get a lot of good production. Ty Harvey is a, a, a solid post presence. Um, but Jada Bates, you know, you never know what you can get from her. She could really cook it and get red hot and help Khalees Hill scoring. And, and if she does, McEachin is a threat to win a state title. If they get that tandem scoring close to uh, 30 points, 40 points per game, they could really be tough. Um, but I'm going to stick with my original pick of Campbell. I just think they have maybe more options, more depth to run out there at McEachin, but McEachin is stingy, tough defensively. Going to be tough for Campbell, but I'm going to go with that young team. Next up, Central Gwinnett beat North Gwinnett 53-44. Now they travel to see Walton, a 65-60 winner over Denmark. Denmark, of course, Emma Hemker had 47 points. I think it was 7-3 she made, 47 of Denmark's 60 points. But, of course, Lexi Harris was too much inside. Um, I'm going with Central Gwinnett in this one. I think they have the athleticism and the length, and they do have multiple players that could give you 10 to 15 points a game. Uh, but Lexi Harris, she is a monster inside. Grace Ellen, I like her a lot. Uh, Grace and Ellen. Um, and then, of course, CeCe Childers, if she's knocking down those outside shots. And Walton's playing their best bat. This is the best basketball Walton's played in. How many years now? I mean, they've always had talent on the roster. Uh, it hasn't always come to fruition, but this is the best Walton has been in at least three, four years, maybe five years, maybe longer off the top of my head. Walton is playing extremely, extremely well, um, but they're going to have to play a lot better than what they did against Denmark in that first round to beat Central Gwinnett, and I think Central Gwinnett takes this one. Bottom right-hand side, Carrollton knocked off Essence Cody, the McDonald's All-American, going to Alabama. Carrollton defeated Valdosta 48-41 on the road. You win with guards this time of year, and Carrollton was able to pull that out and get a great road win. But now they traveled to see Brookwood, a 75-36 winner over Harrison. And again, Brookwood on paper has the most talent in the state in Class 7A, I would have to argue, um, especially with that size inside Daniel Osho and Jade Weathersby. It's not just one McDonald's All-American, but it's two um, Division One players that are really good. So Twin Towers inside, um, got some more size coming off the bench. And, of course, Diana Collins, um, that's going to be a handful for Carrollton. Sean Thompson's a great coach. He'll come in with a really good game plan. I think Agosa Abasoy is going to have to really knock down a ton of shots. Deja Preston's going to have to give them some offensive firepower. I think if Carrollton can pressure the ball defensively, maybe they could – uh, hang around in this one, but I just think Berkwood has just gobs of talent, and I like the Broncos to be able to just overpower Carrollton in the end. And lastly, Peachtree Ridge, 70, let's see, 56-43, to 43, they beat Mill Creek. They will play South Forsyth 55-30 over Wheeler. Of course, this is a rematch of last year in the state playoffs where Peachtree Ridge defeated South Forsyth. Um... I think South Forsyth has been looking forward to this game. This is obviously, as I literally just mentioned, a rematch. 
pretty much all these girls outside of Jaden Nicely, uh, Amelia Brown, a couple others, are seniors. It's been striving toward this moment, senior year. This is where South Forsyth could do something special. I like South Forsyth to beat Petrie Ridge. Of course, Sanaya Tripp is a monster of a problem. They have to make sure she does not um, go crazy. But she hasn't had too many insane scoring games. Of course, she's averaging well over, you know, in double digits, really good. But she hasn't dropped in like 30, 40 points, anything crazy like that. And Aaliyah Hunt is really tough inside, but Ava McLaughlin in her own right is a really good post presence going to North Georgia. I think she will do enough to somewhat neutralize her. If you look at the stat lines, it, it might not be as robust as what Aaliyah Hunt's going to do, who is going to Georgia State, but they're two big bodies. They match up. They can bang inside. I like that for South Forsyth. South Forsyth has more shooters on the perimeter. Clara Morris can knock down shots. I really love how hard Maggie Thompson plays defensively. Sharon Tolliver, uh, another knockdown three-point shooter that can get it off the dribble. So I like South Forsyth at home to defeat Peach Tree Ridge. On to Class 6A, 13 out of 16 games we correctly predicted. We will start on the top left-hand side. Woodstock, 56-44 over New Manchester, a season derailed by injury. Woodstock now plays Gainesville, 70-66 over Sprayberry. I think it was Kedra Young had like 37 points in this game. Boy, oh boy, if you listen to that Sprayberry broadcast, that was entertaining. They were screaming, they were yelling, saying the referees cheated. Sprayberry... Uh, I wasn't really watching the game closely. Obviously, I had a, a ton going on that first night. Um, but boy, oh boy, people very passionate this time of year. I'd love to see the passion. But man, oh man, they were giving those referees hell. And it all worked out for Vanessa White throwing that game and seeing Sprayberry. They were up uh, a decent amount. Sprayberry came back, took the lead, had the lead in the fourth quarter. But give credit to Gainesville. They pulled out and they're going to the Sweet 16. But I'm going to pick against Gainesville in the Sweet 16. Woodstock is playing good basketball right now. They have two Division One players in Carson Martin going to Quinnipiac, and then Casey Miller inside is going to be a load for Gainesville to slow down, who uh, is going to Hampton. But Gainesville does have some, some big bodies. They don't have a lot of elite size. But Woodstock um, is, is a good team. They've seen really good teams throughout the year. Sequoia, Rome is even fairly tough. Um, and, of course, River Ridge, so I'm going with Woodstock. But Gainesville, uh, the fact that they made it to the Sweet 16 and still have a chance to make it to the Elite Eight, still have a chance to win the whole dang thing. Um, it's been a huge success in year one for Gainesville. I wasn't going to be able to say that if they lost in round one, but everything worked out. Red Elephants are on a roll, and they are moving in the right direction with that program. Next up, Lovejoy. 63-20 to 20 over Riverwood. Now they see veterans. 62-27 winner over Glen Academy. This is an interesting game. Veterans is really young, but they have length inside. And Brianna Bird and then uh, the blue chip freshman prospect, Gabby Minus. Um, Naraya Nelson's a really good freshman scorer. Uh, so obviously between those two, um, there is firepower right there. Uh, just looking at what veterans has been able to do this year um they played some tough teams they've done pretty well i mean gabby minus is averaging over 12 points close to seven rebounds naraya nelson over 11 points per game um but they haven't necessarily seen that absolute jaw-dropping star power of brianna preston and 
Lanaya Foster, but th- that's the somewhat of a bugaboo with Love Joints. You you know you're gonna get it from two other girls. Are you gonna get it from other where else on that roster? And veterans, they're a little bit more balanced. Destin Seaton, she can you know she's a ball hawk. She plays really hard. She can give you ten to fifteen points. Rihanna Bird, as I mentioned, is long. Can block some shots. Can score a little bit. Veterans has length. They can kind of uh, they can go toe to toe with Lovejoy. Now I don't know if they can match up with that physicality. I think that might be an issue for the young team. Um, but this this is interesting. I, I really want to see how this game plays out. I'm gonna stick with Lovejoy um, in this game, but uh, you know it, it's just gonna come down to if. If Veterans plays good defense, can Gabby Minus stay out there the whole time? She can't get into foul trouble. If she does, then they'll be in trouble. I'm going with Lovejoy, um, but this is a real boy, oh boy. If Veterans can pull this one off, that's going to change the landscape of things and really uh, shake things up. But I'll, I'll stick with Lovejoy just because they're very experienced. They've been there, done that before. And don't forget, they are the defending state champions. Bottom left-hand side, Sequoia. 65-50 over Douglas County on the road. Now they see North Forsyth. North Forsyth 67-57 over Pope. These two teams have already met twice this year. Sequoia has been North Forsyth's kryptonite. North Forsyth has lost to Sequoia 51-48. And then 45-42. Both games decided by three points. Uh, boy, oh boy, it's tough to beat a really good team three times. That is for sure. With these two teams, uh, obviously know each other extremely well. Forsyth and Cherokee County girls basketball, you know, it's a, a you know, they go together like peanut butter and jelly. I feel like both counties kind of try and do the same type thing. Both counties kind of same roster construction, homegrown, um, very fundamentally sound. Uh, this is going to be a good game. North Forsyth has Sequoia at home. Um, no foe is very balanced. Aaron Whalen going to Valdosta State over 13 points per game. Same with London Weaver at 13 points per game. Uh, I think Lindsey Pergel could be an important factor here going up against Milani Abdus-Salam for Sequoia. But Ellie Blatchford, she is the best player on the floor, um, and that is always going to give Sequoia – uh, maybe somewhat of an advantage when you do have a player going to Southern Miss on your roster. And, uh, you know, she had 19 points the last time these two teams played. Sailor Davies had 10 points. Uh, Milani Abdus-Salam had 10 points. Uh, but only four players scored in total in that low-scoring win over North Forsyth. But, again, I think it's tough to beat a good team three times. Sequoia's going to have their hands full. I think North Forsyth... We'll be able to tweak some things, and we'll be able to win this game. Next up, we have Woodward Academy versus Brunswick. Woodward Academy won 72-33 over St. Pius. Now they see Brunswick 71-36 over Thomas County Central. Um, Again, this is another really good, fun, interesting game. In the Sweet 16, Woodward Academy, a very young team, traveling down to Brunswick. Brunswick has length. They have some athleticism. Sinead Jackson's about six foot three, every bit of six foot three. Shamaya Flanders, very athletic. They have some scrappy guards as well. 
And then Woodward, of course, we already know. I already touched on all these names. Sarah Lewis, Cameron Herring, Kayla Whitner, etc., etc. I think this game comes down to can Brunswick's guards hit enough shots and can they play good enough defense against Woodward Academy? Woodward Academy has solid length across the board with Herring at six foot, Lewis at six one, Whitner's about five eleven. Uh, but it's, again, more so on the perimeter. I'm going with Woodward in this one. I think Woodward is going to be able to shoot the ball better than Brunswick. Um, but if Brunswick can you know, defend the three-point line, rebound, and really punish them around the rim, uh, the Pirates can win this one. But I'm going to stick with my original pick of Woodward Academy. Top right-hand side, South Effingham defeated by Lee County, a really sour, disappointing end to the season. Lee County won 44-30. And now they play Rockdale, 71-23 winner against Lakeside. Rockdale, of course, I'm going to roll with Rockdale in this one. Daniel Carnegie, it's just going to be too much for Lee County to handle. And Lee County going on the road. Uh, you know, these South Georgia teams, you really love it when they have home court advantage. South Georgia and North Georgia really have great home court advantage. Um, but this one's going to be at Rockdale, and I just think Rockdale way too strong. I, I don't foresee them losing to a team that's 16-13 and 13 overall. Next up, Habersham Central, a 53-40 winner over Laster. Now they play Langston Hughes, 55-36 over Rome. Um, Habersham with Kaya Barrett is really, really good, but Langston Hughes has so many options, and I would assume that they're going to do everything they can to keep the ball out of Barrett's hands and try and slow her down and make other people beat them. And I just don't think Habersham has enough bullets in the chamber outside of Barrett to contend with Langston Hughes, who's going to be bigger than them, going to be quicker than them. Um, Michaela Taylor um, back on the floor is a big body. Mallory Holmes is long, will block some shots, alter things at the rim. Uh, Kyla Green, et cetera, et cetera, of course. Um, Savannah Robinson Holmes is going to be a playmaker off the dribble. I think Habersham has a hard time staying in front of Langston Hughes and then scoring at the basket will be an issue with that length. Uh, I think the Raiders have to knock down a lot of threes to win this one, but it's going to be at Langston Hughes. It's going to be tough. I am going with the Panthers. Bottom right-hand side, we have Tiff County 55-38 over Grovetown and Mayors 51-33 over Forest Park. Again, um, not terribly surprised about the Forest Park game. Pretty much, other than me saying that Forest Park would win, I said I wasn't very confident. I wouldn't be too surprised if they lost this game. Pretty much how I said it would go down, uh, it kind of went down. Just the back line of the defense, just not not disciplined enough for a team like Marison. Kate Harpin getting rebounds, going coast to coast, uh, and scoring in transition. She's not necessarily looking to pass. She wants to get to the rim. They got Keppin out there knocking down threes. Uh, Lindsay is strong enough in the post. They just—they're not going to beat themselves. They don't turn the ball over. And Forest Park just, just was not up to the task whatsoever. And we're not able to use their athleticism to get to the basket. And then again, that the roster construction—just too many big girls—really, uh, really hurt them defensively as far as locating, you know, getting out to shooters and just finding who was behind them and everything. Good season for Forest Park, but ended at the hands of the defending 4A state champs. I think Maris will win this game. Uh, it's not at Tiff County. I think Tiff County is going to be um, a wee bit more disciplined. They do have some girls that can score the ball. They have seen some pretty good teams. But, I mean, I said Forest Park saw the best of the best as well. But styles make fights. Uh, Forest Park wasn't able to handle Maris. And I think Tiff County will give Maris a better game. 
But I do think Maris, after passing that first test in the first round, uh, I fully expect them to win in the Sweet 16 and make it to the Elite Eight. Bottom right-hand side, Blessed Trinity, 67-36 over Shiloh. But now they run into the buzzsaw known as River Ridge, 70-36 winners over Alexander. Um, this is not a very good matchup for Blessed Trinity. Crystal Lair is going to have to uh, hit eight threes or so, but I think River Ridge is just going to be quicker in spots. They have the length. They have such a balanced attack. I think River Ridge uh, just overpowering with that strength and uh, how many weapons they have. Kayla Cleveland, I don't have to list off everybody, um, but River Ridge should roll in this one, ending a successful season for Blessed Trinity. Now, in Class 5A, uh, really looked foolish. 14 of 16, correct, but lost a Final Four team. We'll get into that momentarily. Top left-hand side, Cambridge beat Banneker 69-52. Now they travel to Calhoun, a 73-48 winner over Heritage Conyers. I'm going with Calhoun in this one, but I think they have to play very Stingy defense on Jordan Dudley and really wall up and make sure they cut off her drive attempts, step in and try and take some charges. Cannot let her wreck the game with her length and athleticism. You know she wants to get downhill. You know she's uh, terrific at getting to the rim. Uh, But I think Calhoun has more weapons. Bertia Curtis is good enough to carry this team. Sanaya Dorsey is good. Kat Atha, all these girls. I think there's just more weapons. Lauren Watson knocking down threes. You have a legitimate five options, including Allie Duke, that can score and put points on the board. I think Cambridge is pretty much uh, focused on Jordan Dudley. If she doesn't have a good game, I think they struggle, so I'm going with Calhoun. And again, the Hive is a tough place to play. Even though the boys got beat, I still think the Hive at Calhoun is difficult to win in, so I'm going with Calhoun. Next up, Arabia Mountain, 65-39 winner over McIntosh. And now they see Jones County, the four seed, 44-36 over Ware. It wasn't even that close. They jumped on Ware early. They really took it to them. I wasn't sure why Ware County wasn't playing, who I think is possibly uh, one of their very best players in Rihanna. Uh, Matika, she doesn't play a whole lot. Uh, Really good player, but she was on the bench for most of the game. Surprised to not see her out on the floor more. And uh, Jones County beat them. They handled them. The press was good. And they were in control this entire game. And I had, of course, Ware going to the Final Four. So it pains me <laughs> to see a team lose. So now i got to really readjust everything. Uh, Jones County goes to Arabia Mountain. Uh, Arabia Mountain, of course, the three-man crew. Good win against McIntosh. I think I'll go with Jones County in this one. I mean, Ware County was good. They went on the road and beat them. Now they have a lighter travel uh, to Arabia Mountain. Uh, They had that size inside, which Nia Bryan is a a big factor, big body inside. Amaris Ridgeway, athletic guard. I think they'll do enough defensively. I like their coaching staff over there. I think they do a really nice job, and I think uh, I just think they have more. They they can put out five girls. Carly Skinner knocking down threes. I just think uh, it's more of a, a group effort. Arabia Mountain. It's it's three girls, and they're doing everything as far as scoring the ball. If you can take away one of those three girls, I think Jones County can really put a dent into how many points Arabia Mountain scores. So I think Jones wins. I'm interested to see how this plays out. 
but I'll go with Jones. I think Arabia has a really good chance, but I'll go with Jones County uh, to make it to the Elite Eight as a four seed. Bottom left-hand side, Centennial was defeated by Midtown, 52-39, and Cartersville, 53-44 winner over Jefferson. Again, I lose a Elite Eight team and Elite Eight team in Centennial, so this puts me in a precarious position. Midtown or Cartersville, that was a good win for Midtown. Cartersville on the road beat Jefferson. Uh, boy, I... I I'll go with Cartersville's on the road at Midtown. I'll go with Cartersville to win this game. Obviously, you can tell in my voice. Uh, not too convinced. I know a little bit more about Cartersville's roster than Midtown. Um, you know, Cartersville, again, I'll just harken back on I think Cartersville's played in a, a little bit tougher of a region. They've seen Dalton. They've seen Calhoun. They've seen Hiram. So I'm banking on that, helping them get past Midtown. But remember, Midtown has seen Maynard Jackson, who's very, very good. But I'll go at Cartersville on the road close against Midtown. Bottom left-hand side, we had Harris County a 51-33 winner over Chambly. And Warner Robins, a nice 50-42 to 42 win over a tough Statesboro team. I like Warner Robins in this one. I think Brooke Bass is going to have to score a lot of points for Harris County. And I think Warner Robins just more balanced. Jada Morgan, Tasia Agee, and, of course, one of my new favorite players this season, Kennedy Howard, inside rebounding and blocking shots at Warner Robins at the Demon's Den. I like Warner Robins. Top right-hand side. We saw Union Grove defeat Greenbrier 66-58 and Northside Columbus 76-9. I think that score got changed on Max Prep, so it might have been a little worse than that, actually, against Lithonia. Uh, I'm going to go with Union Grove here against Northside. Of course, these two teams played earlier in the season. I believe that was a 60-55 win for Union Grove earlier in the year. That's off the top of my my head. Um I'll, I'll fact check that right quick. Uh, it was 60 to 55. Yeah, and that was in January. January 14th um, was that game that Union Grove won. And uh, that was actually at Northside Columbus, if I'm not mistaken. But, uh, all right, let's see. Durand, Ariana Durand, I don't think she played in that game. And uh, I, I believe she's back now. And if she's back and Northside is at full strength, that definitely changes things. But Union Grove has played that murderer's row all year long. Jordan Brooks, I, I trust her at the guard spot. And then, you know, the Twin Towers and uh, uh, Nadia Smith and Mariah Miller, they're not massive, but they're both about five foot eleven, close to six foot. They rebound. They can score. Um, I think they're going to. Be able to pull this one out, but Northside's good. Northside's, like I said, they're, they're super talented, and Maya Giles is uh, scoring a lot of points this year, and Morgan Thomas is a talented guard, and Michaela Hosley's a, a Division One prospect. So this is good. Again, this is one of the best games in Class 5A, I feel like, as far as talent on both sides of the roster. But Union Grove, I feel like, has been more consistent throughout the year. But um, I'll go with Union Grove. That's my initial pick, but I really do feel like Northside has a great opportunity to make it to the Elite Eight. 
Next up, we have Dalton 51-30 winners over Loganville. And now they see Maynard Jackson 69-42 over GAC. Maynard Jackson is my pick in this one. I think they have to keep Grace Ridley off the glass. Tomorrow, Washington, a key piece for Dalton as well, B.B. Bates. But I think Maynard Jackson with um, Talia Cornish and Caden Cornish, I think they're just going to be so quick with the ball. Shakira Gresham as well, a good forward wing type player. I think that big three alone uh, could be able to really ramp up the pace of play. And I just think uh, they'll be able to put Dalton in some precarious positions chasing around the Cornish girls. And I think Maynard Jackson wins this one. Bottom right-hand side, Bradwell Institute handled their business 64-41 over Eagles Landing. Now they travel to Decatur 76-29 over Northgate. I'm picking Bradwell in this one. Bradwell's had a better season. Decatur, of course, won that region championship over Arabia Mountain. I think Marlo Sims is going to have to play big in this game for Decatur as far as rebounding, blocking some shots, and scoring inside. Um, going up against that Vanderbilt signee and Bailey Gilmore at six foot three, But Tania Bowman is the one that makes this Bradwell team go, and Paris Parham. Parham is uh, really tough and really good, and they got some other strong athletes throughout the lineup. Um, Cornelia Ellington, she can go crazy and score a bunch of points for Decatur, so they have a chance. But I just think Bradwell, um, from top to bottom, I just think they have more options and they'll be able to win on the road. I think they're built for if they play that tough schedule, especially inside the region, and I think they represent for Region 1. Bottom right-hand side, Hiram 68-24 over Flowery Branch and Kell 69-23 over Lithia Springs. I'm going to go with Kell in this one. I know Hiram will have a very good game plan. They have many, many guards. They are much, much deeper uh, than Kell is if they can get someone in foul trouble. But, you know, again, easier said than done. They do have some quickness. I'd be very curious to see how they try to defend Crystal Henderson in this one. Um, I think Taylor Crawford's going to have to have a really good game for Hiram. I think you're looking at Kalisha Phillips has to be a game breaker, especially defensively. She has to get deflection, steals, and blocks. Um, Cameron O'Neill has to step up with Kai Bullock, uh, Hedaya Kennerly, all these girls. I mean, they're so deep, this Hiram team. I think Kale has the more star power, of course, with Henderson going to Georgia State, and I think that is what propels them. But I do think Hiram can hang around in this game, and this could be a game that um, goes down to the wire. I think Hiram has a shot at it in the fourth quarter, but I think Kale ends up pulling away. Moving on to Class 4A, 15 out of 16 games we were able to correctly select. Top left-hand side, Westminster defeated Woodland Stockbridge 52-27. They will now travel to Northwest Whitfield, a 58-56 winner over East Hall. Barely held them off. East Hall missed a shot at the buzzer. Uh, I think Westminster wins this game. Courtney Ogden and Stella Chartrand is just such a... Uh, High-octane duo, obviously, with Ogden leading the way, the McDonald's All-American heading to Stanford. I just think that's going to be really tough for Northwest Whitfield. I think Northwest hangs around in this one. I don't think they get blown out by any means. But at the end of the day, Westminster has the two best players on the floor, and I think that matters. Next up, we saw Fayette County 56-41 over Islands, pulled away in the second half after it was 21-21 to start. 
Um, and they went on like a 7-0 run maybe to close the first half, and then they never looked back. They will play Hardaway, 71-29 winner over West Lawrence. I like Hardaway in this game. I think Fayette County, their lack of three-point shooting, uh, entering play the other day, they only made 23 threes all season long, if that is correct. I thought Islands had a good game plan as far as playing a 2-3 zone, and they kept their feet in the paint. They did not step foot outside of the three-point line to contest any shots. Um, I know Fayette County probably didn't take too many. I did see one three-pointer made in the, the half that I did view. Um, but I think Hardaway, Hardaway can shoot. They're long. They're athletic. They have a really good uh, sophomore nucleus of three players. And I think they are just going to be able to beat Fayette County at their own game. And I just, as I mentioned, I think they're more diverse offensively. So I like Hardaway to win this game. Bottom left-hand side, Stockbridge 67-49. They took it to Southwest DeKalb in the second half. And then Chesty did the same against Central Carrollton, 61-25. Looking at this matchup, Chesty at home. I think if you're Chesty, you feel really good about this matchup considering you know, Stockbridge doesn't kill you with elite size. They're not an elite outside shooting team. Uh, if Chesty is able to limit dribble penetration and keep Carrington uh, Wilson out of the lane and keep Janiah Jones in check, I think they have a really good shot at this one. I think Stockbridge is going to have to play their A game to beat Chesity. Um, and it just comes down to what is Stockbridge going to do to stop Riley Black? Is there athleticism? And they do have a little bit of length inside. I don't think they even have a real six-footer on the roster. But can they use uh, Callie Ingram and company? Can they, can they use that? athleticism and length inside can they alter shots in the lane can they be disciplined can they take charges can they rotate on defense can they close out on shooters Chessie's going to let the three ball fly with Caroline Bull and Addison Boyd is Stockbridge disciplined enough to rotate and to get out to shooters and can they rotate on the backside can they step up to stop Riley Black and then someone shift down when she decides to pass on the low block I think Stockbridge really has her hands full in this game uh, my pick is for them to squeeze it out but if Chesty wins this game, uh, I would not be overly surprised because I think where Chesty's weakness lies is against large, real big teams and really, really athletic teams. I think Stockbridge is athletic, but like I mentioned, I don't think they have that great, huge monster up and down the lineup bigger than you at every single position size like a Griffin does. But uh, I'm going to go with Stockbridge. I think Carrington Wilson, I think, it, you know, if she's able to hit a couple shots, loosen up the defense on. But I think this game is going to go down to the wire. But Stockbridge is my initial pick. I think they find a way past Chesty, but it's going to be very, very tough. Bottom left-hand side, um, I, I mentioned it. Wayne County can't score enough, unfortunately. Stars Mill blew them out of the water, 45-27. And now Stars Mill plays uh, Griffin. Uh, 62-17 winner over Bainbridge. I think, as I mentioned with Chess T, and for most teams, uh, that owner, overwhelming size of Griffin is just going to really hurt Stars Mill. Stars Mill, if they're able to, again, space the floor, knock down threes, but when Griffin's locked in defensively, they're able to contest those jump shots and really make life difficult, especially if they slap on the press. I think Zyde Thompson's going to be really tough. Um, Obviously, Leah Turner can hit a couple outside shots. If they just limit turnovers and let Aaliyah Duranham uh, go to work on the inside on the glass, uh, I think they're in, 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 in good shape to win this game. So I'm going with Griffin here. 
I think Griffin is just way too big, way too athletic, and will pound the offensive glass and uh, take it to uh, Stars Mill and uh, you know out rebound them into submission. Top right hand side, we have Baldwin sixty eight forty four over Shaw, and now I see Troop County a sixty six fifty four winner over Burke. I like Baldwin. Janae Walker is just going to be. Uh, too big inside, and if they're able to shut down driving lanes for Alexia Murphy, if she's going to be running into Casty Neal and Janae Walker inside, that's going to make it really tough. If they can kind of force them into being more of a jump shooting team than a slashing team, that's where Baldwin's going to have the advantage. And I think Madison Ruff is going to have a good game uh, creating for others and just getting that quick first step, getting into the lane and really wrecking the inside of that troop defense. So I do think Baldwin wins this game. Next up, East Forsyth, 76-72 shootout with Sonoraville. They're going to have to score that much to beat Luella, a 67-23 winner over Hateville Charter. Again, 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 I feel like Luella, much like Griffin and some of these other teams, they just have too much size uh, inside. I think Ari Dyson is going to be a really, really difficult uh, for East Forsyth to defend. I think Adeline Rosebush is really going to have to strap up and Play a terrific game, not only offensively, but really defensively and rebounding for East Forsyth to win this one. And you never know. I mean, Ella Holbrook is a foul magnet. She can get to the line. If Luella is not disciplined defending and they reach in and they hack, you could see East Forsyth shooting 30 plus free throws in this game. And East Forsyth knows how to make free throws. So I'll give uh, that advantage to East in that regard. Um, but again, Luella is just going to be really long. Athletic, some quality guards. Milani Smith likes to score, but I know Coach Hedrick's going to have a really good game plan. I really trust him in this one, but I don't know if he has the firepower to beat Luella, but I think he will be able to find some some cracks in the armor there and exploit a few things, but I just don't know if he's going to be able to do it enough. So I'll go at Luella just because, um, you know, they do have that deep roster. They are experienced, and, you know, they're pretty good. So I'm going with Luella. Bottom right-hand side, Westover 58-32 over Howard. There was a brawl in this game. A lot of the Westover bench was ejected, so I don't know who is going to be there or not against Trinity Christian, 88-52 winner over Southeast Bullock. So this changes everything. Westover is my initial pick, but like I said, I don't know exactly who is suspended. If any of their starters are out, obviously that plays a huge deal. I, I, I had to swing my vote towards Trinity Christian, so this game's really up in the air now. If Westover still has everybody. I'll probably still stick with Westover, but uh, this game uh, could very well tilt in Trinity Christian's favor. Um, so we will see. And, of course, Trinity Christian coming off an 88-point outburst. I mean, that's the most points. I don't even have to look it up to, to know that's probably the most points they've scored all year. So they they found some stuff that was working. They do have some shooters, Madison Morge and uh, Julia Susla. Are, are good and they're going to challenge Westover. I'll, again, I'll, I'll stick with Westover, but I don't know with that that benches clearing brawl and all that stuff that you could read about on the albanyherald.com that highlights that. I don't know who's going to be there for Westover. I don't know if they're going to have only seven players on the team. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to pick with them. I'm going to stick with them. Um, but I think Trinity Christian could be in a really good spot here. And bottom right-hand side, the only game I lost, Heritage Katusa, 48-40 over North Hall. 
they will run into Holy Innocence, an 82-34 winner over Pace Academy. North Hall, of course, playing without Christina Peach. They only shoot 6 of 33 from 3. Riley Thompson, one of their best remaining guards, gets hurt at the end of the third quarter, does not return. They were down early. They came back. Have North, our, uh, Heritage Katusa put it away. They hurt them inside. Uh, with Macy Collins, Lauren Mock, those type girls did a, a really nice job. They played really hard, physical game. Uh, but yeah, it was just, you know, injury bugs. Injury bugs just piled up at the end there against North Holm. When you're without now your two best, probably your two of you, two of your best guards, you're just, you know, uh, already asking for a team that sometimes struggles to score, especially without Peach. And now you take away another scoring option. You're just putting too much of a scoring burden on uh, Amelia Shoemaker and, of course, um, Athena Vatsavanos. And just it just made it really tough. Just ran out of bullets, and Heritage was able to hold on for a really nice win. Um, but I think Holy Innocence should handle this one easily. It's just a different speed, different level of play. Uh, Heritage, uh, Heritage, and again, Heritage going on the road now. I think Holy Innocence wins this game. I think Heritage will compete. I think they'll they'll compete in the first half. Uh, but Holy Innocence just too much, and I think Olivia Hutcherson is just going to be really, really tough inside. Could potentially get those Heritage big girls in foul trouble. So I'm going with the Golden Bears in Class Three A. Thirteen out of sixteen correct. That's one of my worst brackets. Thirteen is the lowest I selected correctly. We got another bracket coming up where it was sixteen out of thirteen out of sixteen. Pardon me. Um, top left hand side, Koala Creek handles Douglas. 69-21, but now they run into Wesleyan, a 79-29 winner over Franklin County. Uh, chit-chat right. That's probably the only name I need to say here. Uh, Koala Creek's going to have nothing for her, just too quick. I think Brinkley Kate Reed has a really strong, respectable game for the Colts, but it is just going to be very tough at Wesleyan. Hottest team in Class 3A. Uh, Wesleyan wins this one. Next up, Morgan County, a very nice 49-45 win over Long County, but now they run into Carver-Columbus, 102-34, winner over Upson Lee. Carver-Columbus is playing their style of basketball. They're pressing. They're just overwhelming teams, just bashing teams. If you, if I don't have it off the top of my head or in front of me right now, but I would have to imagine uh, during this win streak Carver's on, their margin of victory has to be 30, 40 points, maybe even more. Uh, they're just bludgeoning teams right now. They're becoming a threat. That Carver versus Wesleyan game in the Elite Eight could be interesting. I think Chit Chat probably, you know, swerves through that defense and gets Wesleyan some easy buckets, and uh, they win that game. But uh, Carver's tough, and I think Carver is going to overwhelm Morgan County. Bottom left hand side, Carver Atlanta game. I improperly chose. Uh, they defeated Bremen. They won that game forty seven thirty eight, and now they see Hebron. 68-53 over White County. It was closer than that. They pulled away late. Um, very interesting. White gave them all they could ask for. You know, White missing a, a couple pieces. You know, my yay would have helped out another guard against Hebron's aggressive defense. But anyway, Hebron wins. Hebron should win uh, handily now. I think they have a, a essentially a cakewalk to the final four. I don't see anyone playing them tougher than White County did in the first round. And that's that. Hebron will advance. Next up, we have Liberty County, 64-48 winner over Hepzibah. They play Mary Persons, 55-24 over Thomasville. Mary Persons is my pick. I'm going to ride with them. 
Uh, I'd like to see them playing well against Thomasville. They're, they're hot right now, won that region championship. Uh, Liberty County, a little sneaky, a little sneaky team over there. Sneaky good, but I'm going to go at Mary Persons. But I could see this game being close. I could see this game potentially going either way. But Mary Persons, my initial pick, I'm going to ride with that. Top right-hand side, Peach County squeeze one out over Doherty, 55-53. I think they were trailing for a decent portion of this game, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Trojans find a way at home to advance. Now they see Calvary Day, 65-27 winners over Salem. And this top right-hand quadrant, we said this this could be interesting. This is this is anybody's ball game. Um, I'm going to go with Calvary Day. Calvary Day is pretty hot. Um I think wins over Savannah Country Day earlier in the season. I think they, I think they ended up maybe splitting um, in that one. Off the top of my head, I, I don't necessarily know, but I think that that looks pretty good for Calvary Day, uh, considering how well they played Cross Creek, which we'll talk about in a second. But I'm going Calvary Day. Hannah Kale, best player on the floor. She's getting support from others, and I think Calvary Day. Jackie Hamilton, swan song. His final season as a head coach there. I think they really love him. He's done a great job over the many years he's been there. I think Calvary Day is going to the Elite Eight. Next up, Dawson County. They did it. Road Warriors 41-34, and now they're at home. They are at home. Dawson County has a home game after Sandy Creek was upset by Adairsville 41-36. I love this matchup for Dawson. They're going to fill the Ford. It is going to be uh, a crazy crowd over there. And I felt like whoever won this Dawson Hart game could potentially be considered the favorite to make it to the Final Four. And I'm loving this. I, I, Dawson's playing so well. Abby Sample Slayton's been so good. I love how well she's shooting the ball, coming up big. Already mentioned the big girls for them. Emma uh, Grace McCarron doing some nice work. Just everyone is playing exceptionally well. Dawson County battle-tested. They do it again on the road against Hart County, and I really like them against Adairsville. Anna Lee Moore's got to slow her down, but I just think from top to bottom this Dawson team is complete, and uh, the lead eight is within reach. I, I, I don't see them laying an egg here. I just don't see them laying an egg to a team that was under 500 heading into the state tournament coming out of a region, um, which wasn't necessarily awesome. So I like Dawson to win this game. Bottom right-hand side, Monroe, a 53-29 winner over Jackson. They see Cross Creek 60-55 to over Savannah Country Day. Uh, this game was uh, nip and tuck the entire way. Cross Creek held a slim lead throughout. Uh Michaela Bogans, of course, probably, you know, carrying the load for them. But uh, give credit to Country Day. Katherine Johnson, who is just signed to play at Oglethorpe, six foot four, a sleeper. I tried to tell people about her. She looked pretty good on game film. And it sounds like she looked pretty good against this Cross Creek team the other night and almost helped propel them to victory over Cross Creek. So, uh, CC, they're not, they're, you know, just based on that result, they're not, you know, nearly clicking as much as they did last year. Um, so I don't know. I think Monroe really does give them a game. I wouldn't be surprised if Monroe does win this game. Uh, Aaliyah Robinson is a good post presence that can really hurt Cross Creek inside. I'm going to still stick with Cross Creek as my pick, but if you're Monroe, I think you feel really good 
about seeing how close Savannah Country Day played Cross Creek. I think Monroe will they'll be right there with it. I don't foresee this game being decided um, by more than 10 points. I think this one goes down to the wire. I'm going to stick with Cross Creek, but that first-round game against Savannah Country Day didn't give me as much um, confidence as I expected I was going to have after that one. And the bottom right-hand side, this should be a fun one. Lumpkin County, 72-47 over Oconee County. Now they play LFO, 69-28 over Cedar Grove. LFO is 26-1. Haven't lost in the state of Georgia. This is a fun game. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going to be yet. I got to see how all the schedules line up. But, boy, oh, boy, if I could get out to that game, I would like to be there. Um, but I'm not sure yet. Um, this will be a great test for LFO. I don't know. You know, if LFO is knocking down their threes, yeah, I'm, I'm sure they could beat Lumpkin County. I'm sure they'll have a really good home crowd. Um, they play fast. Like I said, they like to hoist up threes. I think Lumpkin County is going to really make them defend. They're going to use those flex cuts. They're going to get that uh, a cross-screening action popping out from threes on the elbows. Uh, Lumpkin County's my pick. Uh, I think Christina Collins, uh, this is her game where she needs to shine for LFO. This is where she needs to plant her flag as a big-time player. She has to have a great game. Christian Collins has to have a great game. Region player of the year, Angel Simmons, has to knock down threes. I think LFO doesn't have major impactful size inside, but I think they're good enough. They play well. They do their job, but I think Lumpkin is just way too polished. I think Lumpkin wins this one, but I do think it's going to be a fun ride uh, for both teams. But I do think Avery Jones, um, she got back caught. I think she had like 28 points or so against Oconee County after she had a little bit of an off game against Wesleyan. I think she refines her groove. I think Kate Jackson plays a really big factor inside. And then, of course, Mary Mullinex, um, just with her deflections and wrecking havoc and just doing everything. And Lexi Pierce, you know you know the big four. So I like Lumpkin to win this one, but I do think it's going to be a really competitive game. Up in Class 2A, 14 out of 16, we nailed down. Top left-hand side, Kip Atlanta, 60-52 to 52 winner over Callaway. Now they see Murray County, 59-38 over Union County. Murray was my initial pick. I'm going to stick with it, but Kip, let's be honest. Uh, the only other team that Murray has played that is anywhere near what Kip kind of is is Elbert County, and they played them at my Sandy Spill Showcase event, and they got ripped to shreds. Now, they did not have Maddie Knuckles, but I don't think Maddie Knuckles was going to make uh, that much of a difference in that game. But Kip is not going to be able to pressure as well as Elbert County does, but it is just a very different team that they don't see many teams like that. I think it's going to be very difficult, but you could say the same for Kip maybe. They don't see a lot of teams like Murray County, uh, especially in that very difficult uh, home court advantage, and they have a you know Carson Newman signee, of course, and then you got Ella Dotson knocking down shots, and Bailey Winkler, I think she's going to play a really, really big role in this game inside, and I'm going to go with Kip, uh, go with Murray, pardon me, but I do think Kip with Jacoya Jones, uh, she is going to be very, very tough to slow down, averaging over 25 points per game, got to figure out what the game plan for her is, for, for Murray County, what do you do to not let her just absolutely wreck this game and win this game by herself even though she does have some nice help around her but uh that's the key that's what's going to keep coach Tipton up at night how do you slow down uh Jacoya Jones um but I'm going to go with Murray County I'm going to stick with that initial pick
Next up, Josie, 52-22 winner over Vidalia. They will see Dodge County in the second round. Dodge County, 71-26 winner over Ace Academy. Um, let's see what we got here. Uh, Josie and Dodge. Josie is my initial pick. Uh, I think I will stick with them. I know, I believe um, Josie's been missing one of their key players in the backcourt. I think it's Kiesia Henderson's been missing in action, if I'm not mistaken, who was averaging 13 points and seven assists per game. I think she's only played in like 13 games this year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, So that's a really big loss if she is, I don't know exactly what the situation is with her, um, but if she's been out, you know, you're really lopping off one of the heads of the snake there at Josie, and that maybe is why they did not win that region championship, and they've kind of not been spinning their wheels. They've still been winning a lot of games and have been really, really good, but not at the quite the level that they were earlier in the season. Because um, just looking at what uh, Kiesia Henderson, ha- or Henderson has done, I don't think she's played in a very long while. Uh, looks like the last game, according to Max Prep, she played was uh, January 3rd, if that's correct. You know, take that for what it's worth, but that could be a big factor against Dodge. Dodge, obviously, with Larrick Green inside and Altaria Gooch is a, a, a athletic presence as well. I'm going to go with Josie in this one. Um, guard play is where I lean towards the advantage, even though they are missing Henderson, it seems like. Uh, but they still have some really good players on that roster that can really make an impact. They're long, they're athletic. Uh, defense has always been uh, a key trait for this Eagles team. And I think someone like Ariana Booker has a, a very crucial game. And then Josiah Holmes inside. Always forget about her averaging over 10 rebounds, 2.5 blocks per game. I think she's going to do enough to neutralize Lyric Green, and they're going to make Dodge beat them with their guard play. And I think that's where Josie wins this one on the road next up wow 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 columbia who was ranked in the top 10 what a crazy game this was north cobb christian defeats columbia 48 39 north cobb christian was heading into this game about to forfeit only had four players on the roster after one went down sick they pull a girl off the track and field team suit her up she even makes a shot out there. They're playing with five girls, and they go into Columbia and steal a win. Unbelievable, unbelievable effort from North Cobb Christian, a team who I thought had town. I thought they should be a top-10 team, but it never necessarily um, quite materialized. Just injuries, out uh, losing Alex Healy really hurt them and just put them behind the eight ball as far as just not having enough players, literally, on the roster, but they get the job done. Gabby Lapresti, a big game, 16 points, four rebounds, three assists, six steals. You got Brooke Moore going to Liberty, 14 points, 11 rebounds. Selena Wilson stepping up with 13 points. A huge effort from this North Cobb Christian team to beat Columbia. And Columbia, they had to just be kicking themselves after <laughs> seeing how that played out. Uh, that's really rough uh, for the Eagles to see their season lose like that, end like that. Um, but a great win for North Cobb Christian. And now they see Banks County, a 60-27 winner over North Murray. But this is going to get tough, especially, again, if you only have five girls. Banks County with Cam Greer going to Emmanuel. You got Carly Seegers, the two twin towers at about six foot one apiece inside. If they get anyone in foul trouble for North Cobb Christian, which 
is possibly likely to happen, that is going to spell disaster for North Cobb Christian because they just don't have enough bodies. Um, I think Brooke Moore is definitely good enough to help North Cobb Christian win this game. Gabby Lapresti, I think she matches up fairly well against Banks County. Um, but Banks County, where you can kind of beat them, is by pressuring them maybe a little bit in the backcourt. Um, but I think Addison Horde's good enough, and I don't think North Cobb Christian is necessarily going to want to press or do anything crazy to overextend their defense where they put themselves in bad positions to get in foul trouble. Banks County, extremely tough place to win at. I think Banks County wins this game. They've just been a better team this year. And, uh, you know, again, North Cobb Christian just not having all their players healthy, that's a key factor. And when Banks County sees that North Cobb Christian really is only going to have maybe three, four girls that are uh, a threat to kind of put the ball in the basket and they could sag off one of North Cobb Christian's other players and make it you know easier and keying in on focusing whoever the hot hand is, whether that be LaPresti or Brooke Moore, I think that puts Steve Shedd in a good position as a head coach, and I think Banks County wins this next game. Next up, Laney 64-46 over Brantley County. Central Macon 50-16 over Worth County. Well, Central Macon, I think you know what the game plan is here. Uh, you got to stop Kiara Turner. Um, trying to figure out how many points she had. I saw like 47 points. I saw like 50 points. Let's see exactly how many points she has uh, against Brantley County. We'll pull it up right here on Max Preps. Hey, Kiara Turner, when we talk about one-man teams, uh, that was a one-man team effort. Kiara Turner, 49 points. She scored 49 of Laney's 64 points. She outscored Brantley County by herself. Kiara Turner can play, folks. I'm telling you, she's a really good player. D2 schools need to drop anchor and get on her, maybe even junior colleges, anybody. She can play. She's a really good player. She is going to cause fits for Central Macon, but Central Macon, they're a great defensive team. They're one of the best defensive teams in Class 2A, if not the best defensive team. Obviously, just reading that off, they allowed only 16 points to Worth County. Laney likes to play high-scoring games. The more points they score, the better Laney feels because they know Kiara Turner can pour those points in, obviously. But it's really just one player that's doing the heavy lifting. Central, you can go to... um, Kalia Greer, you can go to Aaliyah Grain, you can go to so many other options. So, such a well-balanced, solid team. And again, defense travels, defense travels. Defense ain't going to have to travel because it's going to be at home at Central. I think Laney goes in there. I think they put some points on the board in the first half, but I think Central Macon slowly constricts them like a boa, like a snake, and ends up smothering Laney at the end and holds them down, and they're able they able to pull out a tight win. I think they're able to kind of stretch it out at the end there. Um, but boy, oh boy, they better have a good game plan because Kiara Turner is a special, special player. Top right-hand side, Northeast making 81-48 winner over Berrien. Now they play Butler, 48-47, went on the road and knocked off number one Tattnall County, had that one correctly predicted. And I like... I like Northeast Macon to win this game. That's my initial pick. I think this Butler team is good, so I, I, I'll tell you right now, I'm not surprised if Butler wins, but I think Northeast Macon's playing some of their best basketball of the year considering how well they put against Central Macon in that region championship. So I think Northeast Macon, they're going to be at home. I think that plays a factor. I'm going with the Raiderettes to beat Butler in a good competitive game. Next up, Fanning County 62-37 over Athens Academy. 
They will play Landmark Christian 73-42 over Washington. Fannin County went on a big run there to bust it open and never look back. Courtney Davis and company, really, really good. Courtney's going to have to have a great game. Ava Queen, Ellie Cook, all those girls are all going to have to provide some big-time production. Reagan O'Neill, of course, cannot forget about her. They're going to have to play really well to beat Landmark. Landmark, of course, crushing Washington. Landmark has been good this year, but not incredible this year. You see Columbia losing to North Cobb Christian. That was her foil throughout the season. So that makes you kind of feel maybe a little bit better if you're a fan in county. You're going to Landmark Christian, the Brickhouse, tough place to play at. Um, Gabby Grooms is obviously going to be a huge area of concern. I think Fannin uh, County competes uh, in this game, but I think Landmark Christian pulls it out. But Fannin County is they're a good team. Ryan Chastain's a very good coach. They're used to making runs in February and March. But I think Landmark Christian has just enough in the tank to get past Fannin County. Bottom right-hand side, Spencer, a 72-69 winner over Fitzgerald. They will play Thompson, 59-22 over Pierce. I'm going with Thompson here. Thompson has been very good all year long. Jada Kendrick's a burgeoning star. And I think Spencer, even though they do have some major length inside that can block some shots, I think Spencer just is not going to have enough offensive firepower uh, to hang with Thompson in this one. And lastly, a game incorrectly selected, East Jackson, could not beat model that strong region schedule and more so non-region schedule uh, all for nothing. They lose 50 to 38 against model at model. And now model runs into this uh, Mount Perrin 83-17 over Elka. Mount Perrin too big, too talented, 2-2-2. I like Mount Perrin to beat model in this game. Jessica Fields, Sadie Rodden's going to have her hands full. She's going to have to play really well for model to keep this one close, but Mount Parent is so big and they have so many good guards and they can shoot and they're just, they're the team to beat this year in class two way. So Mount Parent should be able to handle this game. Down in class A division one. I struggled 13 of 16 top left-hand side. Galloway 72, 27 winner over social circle Darlington. They beat Tallulah Falls 57, 36. Got that one wrong. It was like 16, nothing to start. Just bad, 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 bad. Tallulah Falls not closing out on shooters. Three point shot after three point shot. Defense is about effort kids. And uh, boy, oh boy, Darlington made Tallulah Falls look really bad. Darlington though, uh, the shoe's going to be on the other foot here. Galloway overpowering. If they just play up to um, the names on the back of the jerseys, even though they don't have names on the back of the jerseys, but it's a phrase, folks. If they just play to the, the back of the, the baseball card, what they're supposed to do, play to their averages, Galloway should win this one by probably 20-plus points. Uh, no reason to think otherwise, but Darlington, great job defeating Tallulah Falls. Really took it to them. They're going to have to have all those three-point shots dropping again against Galloway, but I just don't foresee that happening. Next up, Scriven County, 43-41 winner over Heard County. Heard County, my Elite Eight team gone. Oh, boy. And now Scriven plays Pelham, 57-19 winner over Bleckley. Battle of South Georgia programs. Heck, I, I am not too sure what to think here. Pelham's got some uh, athleticism and length at the guard spot. Scriven has played in a tough region in Region 3. Pelham, uh, not so much as far as a tough region goes. So I guess I'll go with Scriven County here just because, like I mentioned, strength of schedule, I need something to believe in. 
Um, but wouldn't be too surprised if Soraya Chester and company got this win for Pelham. But I'll go with Scribbin here. Bottom left-hand side, Mount Pisgah, 59-52 over Prince Academy. They stretched out late with some free throws. It was a one-possession game late into this game. Uh, now they see Elbert County, 61-28. They ripped up Tryon, no surprise there. I think Elbert County is going to win this game, but Mount Pisgah, hey, if Monet Dance is a legitimate D1 guard going to William & Mary, Let's see how she handles the pressure of Elbert County. They're going to press, I would assume. That's her motto. That's her go-to. Uh, Monet Dance has to handle pressure. She has to be able to beat the press. She has to get her teammates involved. And, you know, obviously it's, it's, it's not just her, but Sydney Glenn and company, they, they have to be able to not turn the ball over, not let Elbert County feast on you. Um, I'm going with Elbert County, but boy, oh, boy, if uh, – you know, Mount Pisgah, if they have good enough guard play and they limit turnovers, they could be in this game for a while. But I'm, I'm, I'm burning the boats. I'm not turning back. I'm going with Elbert County to sail on to the Elite Eight. Just too tough with all those seniors. Bottom left-hand side, Temple, 55-50 over Bryan County. A huge win. They played, uh, it looks like a 3-2 zone. Uh, Kaylee Wedlow came in averaging 22 points per game. I said you win with guard play. Well, she had five points, absolutely shut down by Temple. Temple sophomore guard Aya Howe had 19 points, 10 in the second half, and then McKenna uh, McKenna Nix, 16 points, had a really big second half. Temple, a huge win on the road at Bryan County. And now they see Swainsboro, 57-21 winner over Brooks County. Uh, I'll, I'll go with Swainsboro. I guess Temple is a road dog here, but... Temple is going to be playing with a ton of momentum here. And if McKenna Nix is able to carve out space and dominate inside, I know Swainsboro's best player is a forward. If McKenna Nix wins that head-to-head battle, you could see the Tigers rolling on to the Elite Eight. I'm going to go with Swainsboro here. Again, I just think they've been the better team for the vast majority of the season. But crazy things happen this time of year. And once you start to believe... Anything goes. I'm going to go Swainsboro, but I think Temple has a shot to really wreck the brackets again. Top right-hand side, Dublin, a 42-31 winner over Bacon County. Uh, Bacon County that season crashed and burned. I'm very curious as to if there were some injuries or players left the team, what the heck happened this last week of the season because that was a train wreck. They are dumped by Dublin. Now it is Dublin versus Woodville Tompkins, 63-38 over Crawford County. I don't even think it was necessarily all that close. Uh, Crawford County just not strong enough for Woodville. Woodville just coming at you with a a deep array of talent. And, uh, yeah, Woodville, easy win. uh, Woodville versus Dublin, I'm going with Woodville. I've been on the Woodville train uh, all season long, and I think they will be able to handle their business and take care of business and advance on to the Elite Eight. I think Bree Pelote, again, just a big body that sh- blocks shots. And you got some pretty good guard play and some physical forwards. So I, I do like Woodville, especially at home.
Next up, Rabin County, 74-37 over Pepperell. Let Pepperell hang around a little bit early on in the game and then just stepped on the throttle and took it to him. Lucy Hood, 25 points, 8 assists. You had Ellie Southers with 13 points. Tria Blaylock with 12. Millie Watts with 12. They're getting that type of balance. Rabin County is very difficult to beat. And now they will be seeing uh, Oglethorpe. Oglethorpe County uh, one at home. They won that game 45-37 over Pidea. Uh Amber Watkins had 14 points and nine rebounds. Denim Gottem, the Goddard, the region player of the year, 13 points. And Kenzie Henderson, 14 points, eight rebounds. Uh, this one's going to be interesting. Oglethorpe, a couple athletes, especially Henderson inside. They got to make sure they keep her out of foul trouble if you're a Patriots fan. Cannot let Kenzie... Uh, Henderson get into foul trouble because that will neutralize one of your best options. Um, Denim Goddard's a good guard, so they they have comparable guards, but I just think the tandem of Lucy Hood and Ellie Southards is going to be uh, a little better than Amber Watkins and Denim Goddard. I do like this game, though. I do think Oglethorpe has a great chance, especially at home. I think they're going to give Rabin some... A little bit of trouble, a couple looks here and there, but I do think Rabin County just a, a little bit more polished. They've seen Elbert County, of course. I always go back to strength of schedule, and they've, uh, you know, they they've seen some really good teams throughout the year. So I do think Rabin uh, might be tied at the half, might be trailing at halftime, but I think they regain their footing. They find out how to beat this Oglethorpe team, and uh, if Lucy Hood and Ellie Sellers are scoring the ball and taking shots. I, I foresee them to be in good shape. So I think Raven County wins this one, but I do think it should be pretty close. Bottom right-hand side, let's go to East Lawrence, 64-47 over Juggernaut, 3-21, Irwin County. So East Lawrence, no surprise there. And then Lamar County, 56-40 over Savannah, Savannah team that had a little bit of talent here and there. So a nice win for Lamar. Um I'm going Lamar County. I think they win. This is, you know, sometimes I get into a, a sticky situation here in the Sweet 16, but Lamar County, they're better than East Lawrence, so I'm going to go with them. I think the Foster sisters are really good, so I'm going with Lamar County in this one. Bottom right-hand side, it was an onslaught from Athens Christian, 67-45. Natalie Goff was lighting them up from all areas of the floor. She can do that. She can put the ball in the basket. And it sounds like they were able to limit their turnovers enough. Not sure off the top of my head if Chattooga pressed or not. Um, but Athens Christian, they got, they got girls that can score. So they get the big win. But now they're going to have to score and score and really score against St. Francis. 96-11 to 11 winners over Jasper County. St. Francis, of course, fast-breaking. Uh, scoring at the buzzer in this game up 85 points. So, again, uh, not going to back off or call off the dogs. Uh, again, St. Francis loves to run the score up on people. It's, you know, it is what it is. And they are going to do that to Athens Christian. I think they're going to absolutely destroy Athens Christian with their press. Athens Christian really struggles against pressure. Um, I think you could see Athens Christian having over 30 turnovers in this game. Um, but it, it, if Athens Christian somehow doesn't turn the ball over, I think they play with them for a little while, But uh, just because they do have some shot makers. But I think St. Francis, the press, is just going to swallow them alive, and uh, it's going to put an end to a really good Athens Christian season. But St. Francis, too big, too athletic, too aggressive with that press. And again, they love to run the score up, and they're going to do that against Athens Christian. 
Lastly, we finish in Class A, Division Two, 14 out of 16. We nailed down top left-hand side, Macon County a 61-14 winner over GMC. And then Mount Zion Carrollton, 42-29 over Warren County. Uh, Macon County is my pick here versus Mount Zion. I still kind of worry about their offensive game. I know they're able to kind of limit teams um, and hold them to lower scoring outputs. But Macon County is going to be coming from a different neck of the woods. Um, Mount Zion can certainly win this game, but I'm going to zag when other people zig and i'm gonna go with macon county that's my initial pick and uh that's actually my final four pick so <laughs> it's either gonna ride or die with them or crash and burn and I-, I lose a final four team in the sweet 16 but i'm going with macon county next up wilcox county 54 46 over mcintosh county academy now they see early county a 45 20 winner over Eccles. early county is my pick here I like them to advance to the, what's that, Elite Eight. Bottom left-hand side, Schley County, 67-37 over Glasscock. Now they see LOA defending champs, Lake Oconee Academy, 76-32 over Bowden. Uh, this comes down to, is Justine Scott healthy? Can someone tell me? Anyone? Let me know. DM me. Reply to me. Is she back or not? If she's back, Schley County has a chance in this game, considering that she already has... D1 looks in Division II offers as a sophomore. If Schley County is without Justine Scott, uh, they will lose this game to LOA. Jada Williams, too athletic. Hannah Heinen knocking down shots. Both those girls just eclipse over 1,000 points in their career. And then, of course, Georgia Bosart does so much well for this Titan team. I am going with Lake Oconee Academy at home. Next up, we got this one wrong. Telford County, 48-33, took it to Jenkins County. Now they will face Turner County, 61-36 over Mitchell. Uh, Going with Turner here. Again, uh, it's going to start with Takiya Burgess, uh, such an athletic player. And then I think Caitlin Burgess. Yeah, getting all these names all botched up, everybody. Uh, But, yeah, I think Turner County wins this one. Let me make sure I get proper accreditation. Yes, Takia Burgess and Caitlin Burgess. When I heard both of those with its two last names, I'm like, wait, am I switching them up? No, Takia Burgess, Caitlin Burgess, both those girls, 23 points and 15 points per game. I think they're just going to be too strong and too athletic, and I think they beat Telfair. Top right-hand side, Clinch County, a 59-32 winner over Calhoun County. Now they see Montgomery County, 55-37 over Trutland. This should be a good game. Marley Bell can Clinch County Slow down, Marley Bell and Meyer Banks. Um, Clinton County is a deeper roster. They have more girls that can score. I would think they have enough to beat Montgomery. I know Montgomery's really good. I'm, I'm going with Clinch. I just feel like one through five, they have, you know, Tyana Dorsey inside can score. Um, they have a couple other girls. Amara Dean is obviously an X-Factor freshman that's had a great season. They have Amion Grady. They have really good players. Uh, so I think Clinch County, I think on paper they should win this game. We'll see what happens, but Clinch is my pick. Next up, Towns County, 49-38 winner over Christian Heritage. Now they see Chattahoochee County, the four seed, upset the one seed Johnson County. 73-67, high-scoring game. We were able to predict that one correctly. And I think it gets tough for Towns County in round two. I think Chattahoochee County might be pretty good. Uh, again, 
I, I picked Towns County in the last podcast. I'm going to roll with them. I'm going to bank on Shook and Breland Seavking to provide some key play and Kaylee Beaver as well. But Breland Seavking, I think she's going to be crucial as far as handling pressure, being a good guard and knocking down some outside shots. I'm going with Towns in this one. They do have home court advantage, so I do think that really helps. But uh, they're going to have to play really, really well because I think Chattahoochee County is extremely dangerous. Bottom right-hand side, Randolph Clay, 54-49 over Charlton County. And now they will see Hawkinsville, 47-29 winner over ECI. Randolph Clay, Hawkinsville. I think Hawkinsville's rolling right now. Hawkinsville's my pick. I'm going to roll with that. Again, I like the teams that Hawkinsville uh, competed with in the non-region schedule. I think that comes um, back to help them out. And plus, they're at home. So I am going Hawkinsville over Randolph Clay. And bottom right-hand side, Green County knocked off Green Forest. Derek Williams has done a tremendous job. They battled some injuries, especially early on in the season. Sonovia Reynolds playing well, among others. Uh, Green County, 47-43 winner over Green Forest. Now they see Taylor County, though. Taylor County's pretty good. Vikings have won a lot of state titles. 72-14 over Twigs. Taylor County is my pick here. Um, Jalea Zachary inside is really good. And they, they're just a good team. They got like three girls averaging over double figures. They played a pretty good schedule. I think the Region 6 is a, one of the better regions in the state. Uh, just looking at what they did, Macon won, Shalai won, and then uh, Chattahoochee County won. So Region 6 did sweep Region 5. So I kind of thought that was a, one of the better regions here. So I think Taylor County wins this game. But Green County, uh, Coach Williams coaches his butt off. He's really, really good. He's going to do everything he can to put his girls in the right spot. Um, so he'll make it interesting, but I think Taylor County has a little too much strength. And there you have it, folks. That's my sweet 16 picks. Be nice to me on Twitter now. I know I can't correctly pick every game right and i have to pick winners and losers and it's not a fun time of year but please be nice to me don't be so hurtful and rude on twitter i know you guys are twitter trolls but be nice um but yes these should be some very good games in the sweet 16 i'm sure my brackets will explode further but hopefully um there's no injuries and we have good games and uh until next time until the elite eight folks i will see you in the gym